What's going on, everybody? This is the Nerdicons pod, and, and you hear a foreign voice. You hear a different voice. And that voice is yours truly, Damian G from Dallas, Texas, formerly of NYC, piloting the ship for episode 84. Find us wherever you have all of your podcasts playing in the background, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and the like. Russ, unfortunately, could not make it tonight, so I am jumping in the captain's chair. Hopefully, I don't mess up too bad. But joining me in the DeLorean of Doom, I do have Carl with me, and uh, I think we're going to have a very fun, silly, yet concise show. So I think that's the first thing I want to get off out of our chests. Uh, So I'll throw it to Carl real quick and say, hey, Carl, what's going on? Not much. How are you doing? It's weird. It's like it feels like mom went out for on a like date night, and the kids are at home by themselves. What kind of hijinks can we get into? <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, hey everybody, it's episode eighty-four of Nerdicons, the only podcast where the hosts individually could have their own OnlyFans because they were just that damn sexy. Anyway, <laughs> uh. I've been all right. It's going to be my first weekend off in a month, like full weekend off in a month. Um, you know, we've gotten through the move-ins and getting ready for the full capacity of students to come back. A little rough, some hiccups, but survived. I'm here, still with you. Um, other than that, just been snapping some photos here and there when I can. I'm not so much this week, but, you know, last week I got some photos taken. Um, interesting. I started watching, my girl started watching it, and then she started over because she wanted me to watch it with her uh, show on Netflix called Clickbait, mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, uh, kind of into it. Watched the first two episodes. I'm like, alright, okay. Let's see where this goes. Um, what else? Watched What If, which we'll get into. Uh, I recently found on Amazon, I actually own the DVD, but I forgot I own the DVD. I watched a, a movie from 2007, an uh, indie movie um, called Control, about okay. um, Ian Curtis from when he was a teenager to his unfortunate suicide. And Ian Curtis was the lead singer of um, Joy Division, uh, which is always a band I've always been a a fan of, but um, they eventually became uh, New World Order, or New Order, I should say, New Order in the 80s. Excuse me. Um, But it's it's an interesting movie. Um, Sad. It's kind of, it's almost like a, like the lyrics from Level Terrace Apart uh, is kind of like you know watching that. That's kind of like the theme of this the movie almost. But it's a good movie, and if you like music and Joy Division and biopics, it's it's a good movie to check out. Um, did okay. I watch anything else that would be remotely interesting? No, that's all I could think of. But Damien. Since you are the, I might have the DeLorean of Doom, but you are the 
veteran time traveler, how have you been? What have you been up to? Since I'm the man from the past, uh, because for those who don't know, I'm an hour behind Russ and Carl, uh, I can say this. My life has taken a hell of a turn, as you all know. Uh, Personally, I have lost my job. I've been laid off. I had been, you know, kind of out of work for a while, living off my emergency fund, doing my cartoon reviews to make a couple of bucks here and there, uh, basically just patching, patching it all up to make it all work. So professional development standpoint, I was just offered and accepted a role with the city of Dallas to supervise their homeless prevention programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for those that don't know, I have a 15 year career in nonprofit and youth development work. I've worked three years with the homeless population and uh, I interviewed for the job a couple months ago, thought they ghosted me, and then I got a phone call out of nowhere uh, getting an offer. And then because we live in Texas, there was a log jam because they weren't sure if we were going to go back on a hiring lockdown because of rising COVID numbers. Long story short, you know, I'm vaccinated. I've had COVID before. I don't mind being a, a person out there trying to help other people get off the streets as I used to be a, a homeless youth uh, earlier in my life. So that's, that's good job. Number one. And then I got a second side job, which is going to be probably one of the most interesting jobs I've had in a long time because I've never done it before. I am going to be a basically working at a beer and coffee house and serving coffee and beer called civil poor here in Dallas, which has amazing paninis and Great coffee, especially the the uh, cold brew, which I'm a fan of. But it was one of those moments where I interviewed. I didn't think I'd get it because I have no experience, but because I was, as they say, hungry to learn something new, uh, I said, screw it. And this is before I, I got the gig with Dallas, uh, you know, the city of Dallas. So I now have two jobs. So 60-hour work weeks may be my normal, but I have goals that I need to get to. And, you know, to be quite frank, being on a tipped service job as a part-time gig is better than the call center job I've been temporarily doing the last couple of weeks, uh, selling educational uh, tutoring. So that that's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a learning curve for sure. Uh, you know, we're not out of the woods yet. I got, I'm 90% in with the city of Dallas. I just have to finish some paperwork later on tonight and submit that and get my uh, drug and alcohol screenings, which I don't do drugs, so I should be fine with that uh, for Tuesday. And then in two weeks, I'll be starting. So basically, I will be uh, making making big boy money again, as my friends like to say, but also in my spare time, trying something different to just try it. You know, I've always wanted to work as a bartender, but I never wanted to work in a fast-paced bar. It always had to be something cool and relaxed and calm, you know, and I feel that working at a, a coffee house, you know, who, that, that, that happens to serve beer and paninis and whatnot is a good step in the right direction for me. So looking forward to the new challenge. Uh, I, I get to finally stop living off my savings, which, you know, I wasn't, in, I wasn't destitute, but I was getting kind of worried for a little bit because, you know, you never know with, with the uneven economy we have some days you know where your paycheck is going to come from sometimes and not everyone's meant for the entrepreneurial life you know i've done it as a part-time gig and you know 
if my hobbies make me money, that's great. But to get up every day and have that hustle mindset, you know, you just know you ain't got it. I ain't got it. You know what I mean? I'm not meant for nine to five and I'm not meant to be hustle dude every five seconds either. So it was a good personal development. Uh, As far as just what I've been watching, you know, we'll talk about what if. Uh, I've, I've watched the Suicide Squad at least four times already. Uh, I did see an advanced screening of Shang-Chi on Wednesday. And uh, I'll get into a brief synopsis of that. And uh, another thing that I'll talk about later for about five minutes is the uh, Mortal Kombat Battle uh, of the Realms that just released the other day. And I did a review for Big Gold Belt Media. Uh, but honestly... I'm just glad to have shows on that I enjoy, especially when things get tough, life gets hard. Uh, you know, we have that outlet. We talk about that all the time on the show where our love of figs or shows or nerd culture is one of those those linchpins in our lives that keeps us going because let's be honest, life is hard. And anything that's positive that you can cope with that isn't, you know, diving into uh, – you know, our vices, as it were, I think that's a positive. So that's what I've been up to. That's what I'm going to be continuing to do. So enough about that. Uh, we're going to segue real quick into the actual meat and potatoes of our show. And I'm going to lead with what, what if. Uh, we are four episodes in, and since Russ isn't here, I'm not going to just chronicle the last episode. What I'm going to ask Carl is, we're four episodes in on what if. It had a lot of, I wonder what's going to happen with the show, because I was a fan of the comic. I collected the what if comics back in the eighties and nineties. So for me to see this on, you know, on the streaming services, I, I was going to say big screen, but on the streaming services, I was curious to see where they would go. And we talked on this show that this is all leading to probably another Avengers level team up. If you follow the, the, you know, the, the spoiler materials or the uh, promotional materials. So I asked Carl so far, if you had to give, what if a grade on the following things? Presentation, writing, acting, and just overall enjoyability. What would those things, what would those grades be? Enjoyability. Um, are we going numerical or alphabetical gradings? I'll go numerical on a... You know what? No, we'll go alphabetical because I like doing alphabetical. I think performance-wise, um, besides that, I mean, obviously not all the actors that played the parts can come back. I mean, I give it a B plus, A minus. Mm-hmm. Um, presentation. Um, I mean, there's some other podcasts that um, don't really like the animation. I personally think really enjoy the animation and think it fits. Um, especially because it's not like it's a cartoon based off any comic, you know what I mean? It's, it's, well, it's in the realm of MCU, so it's based off the MCU. So, um, I mean, so far from one through five, hmm, for episode one through four, I give it, I don't know, I, I guess I give it like a, um, I'll give it a solid B. So okay. Um, animation, I love it. I give it animation A. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the animation won me over with the for very first episode. And I, um, what else? Writing. I'm thinking C plus B minus. Okay. Um, how about you? What are you? What are you share overall so far? I thought if episode four is any indication, I thought the writing got better because of episode four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tone of this has gone from jovial in the first episode with you know Captain Carter to. Oh no. <laughs> like that's how I felt while watching these last this first four episodes where I'm thinking, all right, cool. And then you know, we go with T'Challa passing, like, oh, that was sad. And uh, you know, with a uh, chapter bows my mean passing and just crying at the end of that. And then, you know, we go we go to like episode three where all the Avengers are freaking dying, and it's a and it's a, a lovelorn grieving Hank Pym that's turned to the dark side. And then we have Probably one of the saddest animated shows I've seen in a long time, not named, you know, Justice League. Uh, you know, that just made me, watching it back, this just made me so, oh, I, I felt a pit in my stomach watching this last episode. And I'm not going to go too depth into, into the episode itself, but just the tone, desperation, you know, when you're willing to sacrifice everything for one goal that you think is worthwhile, but it affects billions, you know, that that's a heavy weight to carry. And it's a heavy burden. And just watching that play out. So I think the writing of episode four was exponentially better than the other uh, three episodes prior to that. Enjoyability, like I said, I'll give that a, I'll give that a strong B plus. Uh, I've just loved it you know, for what it is. And animation-wise, I give it an A. I love the animation. I love the way it's drawn. I love the art style. It reminds me of looking at one of those those graphic novels that would play out on Netflix back in the day when they had, like, the CDs and DVDs be sent to your house. So I remember I picked up an Astonishing X-Men animated comic, and it was basically the panels coming to life. But it was one of these things where the where it similarly looked to how what if is drawn. Now, is it better than the DC AU? No, but that's comparing apples to oranges. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really well drawn. I think it's well animated. The voice acting, in my opinion, has been hit or miss, and I've been a little critical. I thought Sebastian Stan was really flat as Bucky Barnes. Oh yeah, I agree. I didn't honestly. He was so flat, I was hard-pressed to think that was even really him if his name wasn't, wasn't in the title. I would have been like... Right. You know. Uh, the, the actress who played Black Widow, I forget her name off the top of my head, she was dry. And, and, and the thing about Natasha, say what you want about Scarlett Johansson, the way she portrayed, uh, portrayed Natasha, there was a connectable joy with her. I felt that this actress just played Black Widow... Maybe how she was meant to be played, which is cold, aloof, but cares enough to let you in a little bit. Um, so I, I guess because yeah. we're going off of Black Widow from 2008, you know, Iron Man 2, and not mm-hmm. Aveng- Avengers Endgame Black Widow, where she was like the den mother to everybody else. Yeah. But I, th- I, th- 
yeah, I personally thought the voice acting has been a little, not even a little hit and miss, a lot of hit and miss. Uh, yeah, but well, I've enjoyed I feel, it. I feel like the character when played by Scarlett Johansson, I mean, she's not a funny character, but she does have right. like this, like stinging sarcasm. Like she'll get you with some sarcasm that she has, like kind of. But yeah, like it was rather, I guess, like you said, described. Bucky, it was kind of flat, like it, it was definitely almost like it was a totally different, um, Black Widow yeah um, uh, I have to say, like the, I really enjoyed the first two episodes like I love them the killing of the Avengers one, I, I think that one really was the weakest one so far when I watched this last one at first, I was kind of like in the beginning, like Okay, where is this going? And then the ending is is what does like you say it gives you that gut punch, and I'm like, oh okay, like wow, that's crazy. Um, but I, I really feel like w- w- migrating it, the the third episode is what kind of like dinged it a little bit. With, yep. Um, but I mean, this is really this is really just the beginning. I mean. Who else? I, I I guess I'm just used to maybe the what if comics being a little bit more. I don't want to, with a lack of better word, zany. Um, I, I think it, the comics are a little bit braver. Mm-hmm. I, I think even though that the ending to the last episode was thinking about it now. I mean, really, besides besides the Chichala Star Lord episode, everything kind of has a sad ending. There's no real positive ending because even with the Avengers, even though that they catch Hank, they're all dead. (laughs) Yeah, they're all dead, and Loki takes over the world. So it's not a very happy ending because we know how Loki is, especially you know Avengers um, Loki when he was like straight up the bad guy, Um, knowing his motivations. Everything really kind of ends on a down note. I mean, even the first one, because she, you know, just like Captain America, the first Avenger, you know, kind of ends a little bit on a down note because she's saying goodbye to the love of her life, you know, sacrificing Mm -hmm. herself. But it's still at the same time, I mean, you know, it's kind of like what had to be done. I guess I, I, I honestly, too, thinking about it, that one is the one that was a little bit like beat for beat almost the same almost just with small changes yeah but very small changes like subtle changes um i just look forward to seeing the rest uh um because i feel like so far besides the thor and spider-man part um i don't think they've shown anything else from these other episodes so, I mean, I hope there's some real good, juicy surprises in it. I am very interested mm-hmm. in seeing how Gamora has changed because she's wearing Thanos' armor. They show her for, like, two seconds. So I'm always right. interested because oh, I love Gamora. So I was just like, oh, why is she wearing Thanos' armor? What's going on with that? <laughs> like, um, yeah, but overall, I mean, overall... I'm enjoying it. I might not be like a hundred percent like 
Oh my god, this is the best thing ever on every episode, but there's something that's enjoyable and to take away from each and every episode, so I mean, I'm still in. I, it's you know, I think if I gave it a an average, even though I'm not good at math and doing averages, I mean, it's a B. I think it's a solid B for me. I'll mm-hmm. give it a solid B. You know, with and it it definitely has the potential to become an A. But um, I, I definitely I, think that fits. That fits for sure. Yeah, and I do kind of like what I liked about the last episode too is. And you don't see it often. It rarely ever happens in the comics. Is you know, you had Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher interacting with a character. Mm-hmm. So that also shows like Doctor Strange is kind of got knowledge that no one else has about the universe, especially right. Doctor Strange. Um, which I thought was interesting. That I just love hearing Jeffrey Wright talk in the beginning of every episode. I'm so glad they got him to voice the Watcher. It fits. For some reason, it just fits so well. Like, you know what I mean? Well, because, you know, before he appeared in, I think it was the Fantastic Four cartoon back in the 90s, you know, that Marvel Action Hour, I, yeah. I, I, ne- I never thought of how I thought Uwatu would sound. And, yeah. you know, there's plenty of voice actors out there who you could probably peg this to be regal, yet wise, yet beyond the cosmos. But you are absolutely right. Jeffrey Wright, the more I think about it, and I remember him when he first started, or when I first remember seeing him, was in the Shaft remake as like the drug dealer named Peoples. You oh, know, God. For, yeah, I forgot about that. I I remember him in Blue Flowers with Bill Murray. Blue Flowers. Like, yeah. the Haitian... His Haitian neighbor, who's like really into true crime and trying to be a detective, like he's mm-hmm. the most enjoyable character in that. But like that's the one where I really, really like performance. Where like I was like, I like this guy. I want to see him in more stuff. It was definitely right. Flowers. But definitely a great pick. Great voice yeah. actor so far. You know he he does what the Watcher is there. He's there to. Watch, <laughs> explain, narrate, and just be in the background. And and this past episode, we had, like you just said, we had Stephen Strange realize the Watcher was there. And basically, the Watcher's like, nah, man, uh, you, you're on your own. Like, even if I could, I wouldn't. Because I'm I, your, your universe has got to die because you're the dumbass that did it. So, yeah. 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 So I, we didn't say we said we were gonna we're not going to do spoilers and we wanted to do a little bit of spoilers, but that's how I feel about what if so far. Uh, again, voice actors have been hit or miss, but I will say Jeffrey Wright's a great pick. I even thought Ben uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was a little flat. Uh, I did at not time. at times his performance was flat. I like Tilda Swinton's performance. I didn't know that was Rachel McAdams until I saw the credits again. I went, yeah. oh, that really is Rachel McAdams. It didn't, I, I, cause I feel like she has a distinct voice and I didn't think yes. it was her at first. At all. Yeah. At all. And then my, my girl, my girlfriend looked it up on the casting online, the voice, and she goes, no, that's her. I was like, that does not, it doesn't sound like her at all. Now, if we play a game of what if, I feel like if it was Tony Stark that came up 
upon the watcher, he'd probably make some sort of weird voyeur joke to him. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, that's how I feel about that. I look forward to hearing what um, Russ's point of view is on it when we finally get Russ back. Right. And I think I think that's a pretty pretty good segue at this point because we we were you know we we said we weren't going to go too in depth here so we're going to leave it at that and uh, I think for me personally like I want to go back really quick to what we've been watching mm-hmm. we're going to stay in the we're going to stay in the animated vein here uh, I'm going to give a quick little five minute spiel on uh, the new Mortal Kombat film uh, Battle of the Realms or For the Realms uh, it's basically the continuation of the first scorpion movie scorpion's revenge where i'm gonna be honest kids they took four storylines put it into one movie that is less than 90 minutes long Mm. that was my biggest gripe was Mm. if you want to talk about the games it took it took mortal kombat 2 mortal kombat 3 and mortal kombat x and made it into one animated show. And mm. trust me, I've reviewed the original Mortal Kombat cartoon for the USA Network. That was bad. This oh, wasn't that I bad. Remember. I remember that one. By the way, that, that's the show. That's, that show is the reason why I can't stand Curtis Stryker. Because when I saw him in the game, I'm thinking, who is this? And I'm not body shaming anybody, but back in 1996, if you see a mocap actor dressed with a backwards cap a little dad bod in the realm of mortal Kombat, a riot cop in the realm of mortal Kombat with a dad bod do you really think he's gonna make it out of outworld alive like honestly (laughs) so when you see him in defenders of the realm the original cartoon voiced by the great ron perlman let's not forget that um so i thought i think that's you know a miss a miscasting in my opinion but oh, that maybe. made me despise Curtis Stryker. And he's in this movie. I hate Curtis Stryker just as much in this movie. Just as much. Uh, I wish they would have done more with certain characters. I thought because they tried to shoehorn all these storylines that a lot of the... Remember how we complained about the original, the Mortal Kombat movie that came out in April? How there was just too much going on where... Everybody's just getting along for the sake of Earthrealm. Well, a lot of that happened here, where it goes straight from the end of the Scorpion movie to like, hey, here's Shao Kahn already. And I'm thinking, fuck, we're really going to do this like, like Annihilation when Shao Kahn just invaded right at the start of the movie and kills Johnny Cage. But there wasn't a lot of character exploration for the newer characters unless you're in mortal kombat diehard like i am you were not going to like the inclusions of random characters like reiko devora uh i think it was a may lee was in that briefly jade was in that briefly uh so i give it a b minus i thought the like i said the pacing was off the voice acting wasn't even with the exception of maybe three voice actors. The, the Ted Tadashore, who plays Shao Kahn, who also voices the Incredible Hulk in the animated Marvel Universe, he owns the Shao Kahn role. Like, that's his. 
They're, like mm. he made me think that's how Shao Kahn really would sound. Not this over the top bloviating dictator, this barbaric cavemanian psychopath who thinks this is all fun and games because he's always winning at life. Expertly done. I think the voice actor of Scorpion, Patrick Seitz, was amazing. Robin Atkin Downs, amazing. And we know him from as Travis Touchdown and uh, Mumra from the, uh, from the second Thundercats show. He was excellent okay. in, various, in various roles. Uh, and who was it? There was one more person I want to give kudos to. Oh, Joel McHale as Johnny Cage. Perfect casting as Johnny Cage. Perfect casting. Just a dick overall. So <laughs> that's like every character he plays, though. Exactly. That's why it's a perfect casting. It's like you, you know how like when for a couple of years people were saying, hey, Denzel's not playing a character, he's just playing a souped up version of himself. Well, Joel McHale yeah. is playing a souped up version of himself. If he was if he was a martial artist and he was that damn good, he would talk shit the entire time. Even if oh, he was getting disaster. Yeah. So B minus, give it a watch. I wouldn't say watch it more than once or twice, but definitely the, the low point was trying to fit so many storylines into one movie that was under 90 minutes. I think that was their biggest indictment, <laughs> but an enjoyable watch nonetheless. Um, and, and there you go, Kenny. That's uh, the review and thoughts of our residential Mortal Kombat hardcore fans. So, yep. you know, if you're going to believe anybody, believe Damien. Um, which is funny that you bring that up because I actually did because it was on Netflix and I forgot I watched it as I watched the original Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. It's so weird seeing it now than when, like, I mean, I hadn't watched it. Oh, God, I probably haven't watched it in 20 years. Like, I watched it after it came out in the theater a couple times, but I literally haven't gone back to that movie in almost 20 years and there's a lot to like about it and there's a lot of it that does not hold up like it doesn't it doesn't it just doesn't hold up that movie i mean the cgi's but it was the early 90s i mean that was a new thing after jurassic park everybody was doing cgi and we're better than others i think the most glaring cgi in that movie that it's like oh god is is reptile when he's the actual reptile. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I mean, the fight scenes, even like, I mean, as a kid, you think they were awesome and really watching them now. And, you know, and like watching actual, like really good martial art movies. I mean, but martial arts in it isn't really that like jaw dropping. I mean, the best, the best, Fights are with, you know, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, mm-hmm. and Reptile. And I think Reptile is probably, like, the best fight. Sub-Zero yes. fight between Liu Kang, I, 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 didn't re- I didn't remember it being so short. <clears throat> like, it was just like, oh, you know, punch, kick, punch, kick, backflip off a wall, going to start freezing stuff, oh, uh throwing water into into your little ice shield and your 
penetrated by it and die. <laughs> like, I still feel that it. that's wrong. All these years later, <laughs> now when you see the, like you see the the powers of Sub Zero evolve, correct? So yeah. you really expect me to believe that an ice dagger with the man that controls ice is the thing that kills him? Yeah, I, I've seen him stab Sub Zero. I've seen him stab Scorpion in the movie with an ice kunai or something like that. Yeah. No, just no, no. <laughs> and it's so short. And but I never understood. Like it, it's kind of jarring the editing a little bit. Mm-hmm. You don't really get a feel for like how much time's passing between each fight. I mean, you can almost like assume it's like in just, the story takes place over like one or two days, or maybe right. like two days. I never understood why, if it's Mortal Kombat and each fight is you know to the death, why is it okay that Liu Kang fights uh, a Katana and it's a draw? Like it's just like them just wrestling in the sand a little bit, and that's it. Like, why didn't they fight to the death? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like. Um, I thought Liu Kang won that fight, and he just chose not to finish her. No, man, it's not even like really like they fight, but it looked like they were just practicing, and they're putting each other in like arm locks, and she's whispering secrets to him, and then it just kind of like jumps cuts to something else. Like interesting. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, they're definitely probably ambitious. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I, it's not terrible. It's just it doesn't hold up. Like, it's definitely 100% a product of its time. And it's sad that, like, the new one isn't even, like, doesn't even trump it, I guess. Or It just doesn't sound like, because I, I still have not seen the new one. And everything from people that... I've heard from that watch it like are fans of the, the that franchise and stuff like seemed like highly disappointed. It's like they had something with potential and they kinda like ruined it. <laughs> like right. um and with the first movie, I mean yet yeah, they had kind of a good a little bit of a good thing going. If they could have just like <clears throat> I don't know. Uh but then again I remember seeing uh the guy that makes all the short films, the Mortal that I think was originally pitching a mortal new live action Mortal Kombat, and it was very like adult, like for mm-hmm. adult like, the game is, and, and those were always really cool. And I thought that that's the direction they were going to go in. And then they did; they made that last movie with a character totally made up for the movie. And I'm like, is that just writers not really understanding the source material and thinking I could write better than this? Well, that was the problem. They got a commercial actor, uh, director to direct the movie. So yeah. if you direct commercials, typically you're only doing, what, a 30-second to a minute-long spot? Is that enough time to be able to, you know, say, hey, I can make this movie? No, of course not. But, uh, yeah, don't, don't even get me started. Like, <laughs> yeah. you 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 know i vented about this a lot so yeah yeah so let me just also say because i forgot to mention in my review the fight scenes are quick like they're quick which i think is is true to life no street fight should go more than two minutes ever 
if you know what you're doing and the other person knows what they're doing and you're fighting to the death, to Carl's point, these fights should not be lasting more than 45 seconds. So anyone who watches this movie and saying, damn, y'all should have been, they should have been fighting for like six minutes. Have you ever tried to fight someone for six minutes? That's why boxing only has three-minute rounds. UFC, what, has, what, three to five-minute rounds? There's, there's a reason for that. You get tired. That's why they train for a fight, to build up stamina and be able to last in the ring and stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, I but, I mean, and it's it, bloody as fuck. And it is bloody as fuck. The fatalities are gory, especially the fighting fatalities. Oh my fucking god! Pardon my French. But it, it it was definitely something to have to see. And there were moments where I had to look away and do the whole close one eye and look through my hand because it got a little gory for me. So I was just like, eh, you know. So the fights are fast. It is furious. The use of the X-ray mechanic from the games makes an appearance here. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. When I mean, like talking about the first one, like that, the, um, the fights were so quick, not to contradict what you said, but there's nothing, they're not, maybe it's just not that it's not quick. There's nothing any martial art wise that makes you go, Oh shit. Like, wow. Holy cat. Like, and that was dope that he did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's not like watching, like, and I, I've watched, like, every Jet Li movie from, like, when he was first, got his, the first, first movie in the 80s to, like, now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, this is just coming off from, like, straight off the top of my head. But there's always something in the fights that you're like, oh, damn. Like, some real, like, display of, like, true martial art talent and craziness like or even watching like the raid how crazy those fights were and the just the mm-hmm. martial arts in it and the original mortal Kombat movie i don't know i, I it's really kind of way it's shot too it's just like it's hard to see what's going on and when they do do stuff there's nothing like oh damn like it's just mm, i don't know i think the only things that make you go real like oh damn i think was the only like, the reptile fight and then, like, you know, when Liu Kang and Sub-Zero fighting, and then Sub-Zero starts running away from him, Liu Kang chases him, and he just uh, runs up on the backflip off the wall. Right. I know, that, I know that martial artists actually really did that. With, you know, no wires or anything like that. Like, that was cool. But there's mm-hmm. not, there wasn't anything, like, fantastic like that to make you go, like, oh. Like, there's nothing, like, jaw-dropping or... Like, holy shit, this is the craziest martial arts movie ever. Like, you know, and, like, when you think about it, it's like Mortal Kombat really should be. Like, there should be, like, when Mortal, when they make a Mortal Kombat, and I'm sure they'll probably eventually, like, their balls will drop to make another one. We'll make another, like, make another one. I hope whoever gets it in there, gets to make it, really goes, this is Mortal Kombat. Like, this needs to be, like, hardcore this needs to be a brutal best martial art movie ever like you know mm-hmm. what I mean like it's gotta be like brutal and just uh, like you know rate the raid on steroids with the, the, the fights and the brutality is really I mean thinking about it really right now the best martial arts movie and I mean I haven't really sat down and really looked for like 
any like really newer martial arts movies from like you know um, Hong Kong or anything that like that in a while. But like the raid from everything I've seen in the last few years, I mean, to me, that is just, like, one of the best martial art movies ever, like, um, and if they make a Mortal Kombat, that, it really should be, like, we need to be better than the raid, like, right. but, I think that's mainly my opinion, well, something's happening, what's going on? Are you getting arrested, Carl? No, it's an ambulance. Okay. Um, I think it's just my hopes for fans like you and people that are passionate and love that franchise. Like, that's my wish and hope for you guys in just being on, like, not that I don't like Mortal Kombat. It's just, like, not my really my thing anymore. Right. You know, if I'm outside looking in, I appreciate it. But it's, like, that's my wish for the fans that are really into it still and love it and like want to consume Mortal Kombat still. So like my hopes are like, man, they really need to make it like brutal and like the bet, like the, just the best display of martial arts yet on film. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it should be, it should be like an event movie. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just not, they kind of just like, it's a shame. But anyway, What's next on the table, Damien? So, I, while staying in the martial arts theme, I think that's a great way to kind of go to the next part of the table here, is just, I got an early viewing of Shang-Chi earlier this week. And I got to say, one of my favorite movies I've watched in a long time. Uh, Carl asked me before we came on the air if I had to give it a grade, a, a numerical grade. Out of five, I gave it a four and a half. Uh... Really quick, I'm not going to spoil too much. It's going to get a lot of fans talking, which is good, but it's going to be talking for the good reasons. What you saw in the trailers, that's not even the whole thing about of the film. Trust me on that. What you oh, saw in the great. trailers is not the whole film. Because you know how like, some films, they blow their load in the trailer? Looking at you, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> not here. I've a lot of movies lately. I've been doing yeah. that. Not here. The main crux of this movie, the main fights of this movie <laughs> are not in the trailer. And I, especially the last third of the movie, it's good. It's really good. Uh, I think the Mandarin is one of the best villains I have seen in the MCU since, uh, I, I want to say since uh, Black Panther, since Michael B. Mm. Jordan. As oh, okay. Because he was fantastic as Killmonger. I think if you get Josh Brolin, him, and, and Tony Leung in a room, you have the you have the triple threat of MCU villainhood. And and mind you, I love Josh Brolin as Thanos from Infinity War. I didn't really like him in Endgame. I liked him in Infinity War better. Uh, but the Mandarin, holy shit, just. Holy shit. It, mm. he's, it's not that he's evil. It's that... See, I don't want to give away what it is, but just... You know how like Russ hates when bad guys have a moral compass? 
he wants his bad guys to be bad guys. Yeah, like you mean sympathetic villains. Yeah, he is a sympathetic villain, and you're watching this movie going, "Oh fuck, my god, oh fuck," because he's just not an abusive dad. There's another level to him. It's like, oh fuck, but he is a bad like, guy. He is a bad guy, but the reasons why he becomes bad make you go, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Is it almost where like you like the character? Like, no, like you, I won't no. say you like him. Mm. I'll say you can commiserate with him. Okay. You, you understand. Because you remember how before Loki dropped, we kept saying, I kept telling the audience, remember kids, he's still the bad guy. No matter how much you think he's amazing, he's still the bad guy. That's yeah. how I felt about the Mandarin. He's still the bad guy. He still needs to get his ass kicked. But you understand why. Mm. No, and there, there's a, there's a couple of cameos too in this in this film that people are gonna like laugh and enjoy. So awesome. Well, I have to say, um, I was r- really really interested in seeing this movie. Like, I wouldn't say I was like super excited, but like, I mean, I have borderline because I yeah, I feel like Shang Chi was definitely like. All right, now they're going really real different. Like they've never done like I mean, besides Netflix Iron Fist, which was a failure, but like fuck that show. This they're like they're going into two, a totally different genre, like you know, kung fu movie genre, like martial art movie genre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was excited for that because I wanted to see if they could. Like I said, like the comparison. What I like, we were talking about Mortal Kombat, like. I want to see something that makes me go, oh, shit, like, when they're doing martial arts. Because I took uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu for, like, four years. I stopped, like, just before I got my black sash, even though in real Kung Fu there are no, there's no, there is no sashes or ranks or anything like that. Because that's mm-hmm. just too, as Americans, we have to, you know, we have to have earned something, you know, like. It's a very American thing. But anyway, before, you know, I stopped doing that before I um, got my black sash. Stuff like that. So I've always really loved martial arts and stuff like that. So, like, I, I, I'm excited. Like, I'm hoping this movie, like, I can walk away and go, I got to buy that movie. Because I love kung fu movies and martial arts right. movies, you know. Um, you'll enjoy it. I honestly think if you if you like kung fu movies, you'll enjoy it. The action's really good. It's over the top in a good way. And, you know, obviously, if it's a Marvel movie, you have mid and post credit scenes. Uh, I enjoyed the mid credit scene more than the post credit scene uh, for, 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 for reasons. If you watch the movie, you understand. And there's one cameo in this movie that caught me completely off guard. I'm not going to spoil it, but it connects other things in the MCU. And I'm like, yes, sir. I loved it. Well, that right there, if anyone listening was on the fence about seeing Chang-Chi, well, I mean, there you go. If that doesn't push you out to go see it. Yeah. Um, So now I I, want to see it, but now I definitely really want to go see it. And it's not on Disney+. Plus. I guess this is the first movie they're not going to do that um, home access. Nope. Um, So I... 
you're going to force me to go to the theater, but that's okay. I'm ready. I think I need an excuse to go back to the theater, and if Shang-Chi is it, you know, if I didn't think anything was going to, uh, I didn't think anything was going to get me to go back to the theater besides Spider-Man, but, I mean, it sounds like you're giving it some high praise there, and it's worth, it says it's worth the trip and worth the watch, then, you know, shit, I'll go see it in the theater. Maybe I'll go see it in the theater this weekend. I suggest just go check it out, enjoy it. You know, I'm probably going to pay to watch it uh, again uh, mm. since I got the, you know, I got a free screening, so I'm probably going to go and actually watch it, watch it in one of these IMAXian 4K what have you theaters. Uh, but no, it's uh, I can honestly say the worst character was Aquafina. I'm not surprised by that. I can't stand her, and I couldn't stand her in this movie, but. Yeah. I didn't really in uh, Crazy Rich uh, Asians. Um, I didn't find her enjoyable at all. Sometimes she was funny, but sometimes I'm like, "Oh, you're an annoying person." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and she's named and they, after bottled water. So a bottle of water, yeah. And they do explain why we have Wong and Abomination in the trailer. Like, you get an explanation as to why they're fighting, and it's kind of funny. Kinda. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what, what they do with the abomination going forward. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see. And uh, yeah, I think when you get to the, the mid credits and the end credits, you know exactly where Shang-Chi stands in the hierarchy. The character is going to stand in the hierarchy of the new phases of Marvel. Um, awesome. Hmm? Sweet. I said awesome. That sounds like... Like I said, if I was like on the line, you know, I think you pushed me over the edge to get out there in the theater and seen it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And like even uh, just the topic of martial art movies that have recently come out. Um, that's why I, I, I don't care about seeing Snake Eyes. Because hearing all the reviews and everything like that about Snake Eyes, and to me, like, loving that character, and it's a movie about one of, like, I'm definitely a child of the 80s. There's nothing fucking cooler than ninjas. And Mm -hmm. for a movie that's focused around a man becoming a ninja, it should be a fucking, it should be badass. And then hearing the reviews at the reviews at the reviews, and it's all disappointment. Like, that just makes me so upset. Like... You know what I mean? I don't have any interest, and that's a movie I should be like, I should have went day one to see, and this is a shame. With something like that, focused around something like that, it should be like, there should be just peace, like, it's just, I don't know, the quality and the martial arts and everything like that should like be like, yo, you want to see some badass ninja stuff? Like, it should be the best ni- Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, it should be a movie, like, it should be the best ninja movie ever made that has anything to do with ninjas. And I hear it's like pretty much dog shit. So, yep. and that's a shame. And that's another property. Like, I hope who makes that universal or something. I hope that property goes to somebody else that knows what they're doing and has like an honest love for it. You know, I think it was in Paramount. I think it was the Paramount. Paramount. Yeah. yeah. I hope I like, I, Hasbro needs to take the rights away from it, like to, from them to make any live action movies. I mean, right. <laughs> I, I, under, I, and I, I understand Russ's um, view on it should be animated, but I do want to see a live action Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow 
and like you know even G.I. Joe even though those are my favorite characters and I love a Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow centric movie I think it's definitely something could be done but um, I just want to see that but it needs to be in the right hands and I feel like the last the first two movies weren't weren't in the right hands either and I mean you have everything like that you have 40 years of comic books that the same guy has been writing that knew, like knows the characters in and out shit he came up with all the backstories for the characters that you can lean on and write a script and they don't do it so it's a shame but anyway that's enough on my rant so what's next on the table Damien well staying in the the Marvel universe uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer uh, that dropped because Russ wasn't, you know, Russ isn't here, so we can't really get his feedback. But we can be brief and talk about ours because we all, everyone who knows me knows I'm a big Spider-Man fan. That's the guy that got me into comics in the first place. That's the guy that made me believe Nerdy Demon could be a superhero as a kid. A lot of us probably feel that way about Peter Parker. You know, he he gets the hot redhead, the hot blonde. So you, as long as you have superpowers, kids. You can have the life you want, but at the cost of great responsibility. And we all know that Damien doesn't like responsibility, so I could never be Spider-Man. But <laughs> when I saw this trailer, I, it, obviously it leaked early, and that's why they had to release it the day after the leaks happened. And I, I honestly think after watching both versions of said trailer, I can say that I'm looking forward to the Sinister Six. Now, they may not be officially called the Sinister Six in movie, but we know, wink, wink, nod, nod, hint, hint, you know, what they would be if they're all attacking Spider-Men from different, you know, different uh, time periods. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Peter messing up the spell in the trailer. It's like, come on, kid, shut up. Like, basically, it's like when you're trying to do something that requires concentration and someone is talking your ear off, And you just want to tell them to shut the fuck up. And that is what Doctor Strange probably should have told Peter in this trailer. (laughs) But there goes the multiverse unraveling again. And again, here we're we're gonna dive right back into this multiverse. So saw the trailer, thought it was typical Sony Marvel, you know, Sony Marvel, Marvel hype. It was fine. J. Jonah Jameson's still back in voiceover. We didn't get to see any of the villains outright except for one they were all hinted at obviously uh i mean if you want to say the lizard was a blink and you'll miss it sure we'll go with that but yeah, i think electro and the Liz- yeah i think electro and sammy are a blink and you'll miss him <laughs> right and if you have to you have to watch it in 0.25 speed there is a youtuber out there called the canadian lad and his his videos are excellent he watches everything in 0.25x speed he breaks things down like to the T, so I enjoy his work. So he did one based on the trailer. So I'll just say this. We have the Lizard. We have the Sandman. We have Electro. We got Doc Ock. And we got my favorite part of the trailer when Alfred Molina comes up saying, Hello, Peter. I damn near lost my mind. I threw my arms in the air. I waved them around like I just don't care. I freaked out for five seconds because it's Doc Ock. You know what I mean? Like, say what you yeah. want about Willem Dafoe's character, you know, Green Goblin, which was great. Doc Ock. 
Doc Ock is back. And it just made me so happy. And then to hear him just say it so slyly, hello, Peter. Like, oh, I just got, ah, I can't wait. But Russ, overall, what is your anticipation level for uh, Spider-Man No Way Home? Russ or Carl? Because Russ is going to be hard to tell you. Sorry, sorry, Carl. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, I'm thoroughly anticipating. I'm excited. Um, it's so hard to express. I'm on the. I mean, I'm excited. I'm gonna see it no matter what. It's Spider Man. Like I love Spider Man. I'm a hardcore Spider Man guy. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, I, I'm. <laughs> It's interesting where they're going because a lot of this very much is based, seems like they're pulling a plot thread from the story arc of Brand New Day. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, a lot of Spider-Man fans, including myself, was just 10, 15 years of utter shit Spider-Man stories. Like, it was just, like, the down. But I... I in Feige, I trust. I think he could take an interesting concept that wound up being kind of like killing, just destroying the character a little bit in comic form, and turning it into something that could be really great and making it make sense. And then, I mean, if this doesn't turn into a Spider Verse, um, it's definitely gonna go there. And I think he could make that go together and make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Part of me just, just part of me is just like, man, how funny would it be if they like? I, I mean, obviously, Goblin or and Ock are in it and stuff like that. But everybody's so excited, like Toby Garfield. Oh my God, they're gonna be in it. Yeah, I don't care about those two. <laughs> I don't yeah, care about those two. But like my my thing is, I would find it so hilarious. If they don't ever, you don't even see them. Like, you never see them. They don't even show up. Like, I think that would be, and I think that's almost like Marvel playing with us a little bit. But then there's also things that point to, like, clever hiding, like, the that they're in it, where, um, I mean, when he says, hello, Peter, that doesn't mean he's looking at Tom Holland. Clever editing right. trailer. He could be looking at Toby. Um... I would have to say that if Andrew actually is in it, he's a good fucking liar. Because in an interview, he started laughing. He was like, no one asked me 100% seriousness. No one asked me. I've not done anything. They never even asked me. I didn't get a call. And he's convincing when he says it. So if he's in it, he's a fucking damn good liar. <laughs> like, um, but I'm excited where I go. I mean, if this is the way they, I mean, maybe it's, I'm just being a Spider-Man purist. Mm-hmm. And it's the inner dork, you know, the inner dork that everyone kind of hates. Where it's like, no, well, actually, really. This oh, is... fuck that guy or gal. I can't stand that yeah, person. Yeah. And this is just a little bit of that coming out of me. It's like Green Goblin is not part of the Sinister Six. <laughs> like, he's not part of the Sinister Six, but I'll overlook it. Right. Um, it's. I think, like anything, this could be, this could be a bomb, or 
It could be eh, or it could be the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made. Nobody got the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made yet. What's Into the Spider-Verse? Um, I'm hoping it's the greatest movie. I, my thing is being such a hardcore Spider-Man fan and almost owning every single issue and reading every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like, I don't think I'll ever fully get my Spider-Man. Or at least... What is your Spider-Man? Uh, my Spider-Man is 616 Spider-Man, straight from the comics. Like, I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever get a, a Spider-Man that I'm, like, happy with and go, they nailed it. I think Tom Holland, although is endearing, also really isn't based off the 616 Spider-Man. They're kind of, like, fusing the 616 with the Ultimate Universe Spider-Man. He's very I much so. the Ultimate Universe Spider-Man, which those comics are fun, too. I've read some of them. I understand why people love them. Um... People hate on Andrew Garfield. I thought he was really good. I enjoyed his portrayal. I don't get why people hated it so much. Uh, I I loved Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker Spider-Man. People said, well, he was a good Spider-Man, but he was an asshole as Peter Parker. Well, go back and read the Dicko and Ramita comics. Like, go read those. Peter Parker can be a dick. Like, I mean, he can be a moody... That's he's a moody a-hole, yes. Yeah. Forget, he's also a teenager, teen angst. Now you got a kid that's got the weight of the world. Like, in the comics, he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. And you come out and he's, everything's on his mind. He's got, like, he's a genius with ADHD. Like, you know what I mean? You distract him and say, what? Like, you know, he could snap on you in a minute, like, Peter Parker. Like, because he's just got so much on his mind and there's so much pressure and, like, this power and responsibility. Like, Peter Parker can be a dick. And I don't know what version people are comparing him to when it comes to Peter Parker outside of the movies. They're like, oh, I don't think he was a good Peter Parker. He was a dick. Well, Peter Parker back in the day, before this, like, hee-hee-ha-ha Peter Parker version that whoever you got that from came from, he was kind of a dick. He could be a dick. He was endearing. I thought Andrew Garfield was endearing. Like, you know what I mean? I thought, like, you know what I mean? I liked him at both as Spider-Man and, and and Peter Parker. I think he was great as Spider-Man because that's something, like, Tom Holland really doesn't do. Um, he's funny, but, I mean, there's things that annoy me that they make him that make him do that just to me is... Anyway, I'll get into it, but... Andrew was quippy. Like, he was mm-hmm. funny. And that's what Spider-Man is. Like, even in the first Amazing Spider-Man with the car thief. And he goes, is that a knife? Oh, my God, that's a knife? And, like, oh, no, please. Like, and then he whips him. Like, that's Spider-Man right there. Like, that's hilarious. Like, because that's the, like, side of Peter Parker that he doesn't let out. Like, he puts on that mask, and he could free to say and do whatever. He, like, he could just really be himself and, like, be a wise ass. And that's also one of his weapons because he pisses mm-hmm. his enemies off so bad with everything he's saying to him. Which I still feel like they've never really done. Um, as much as I love Tom Holland, and he's endearing, and I mean, I look at him and like, oh, my little brother Peter Parker, you know what I mean? But right. sometimes they do that bothers me. Like, you know, they can't commit to a spider sense or not. And then when he does that cartoony, like he gets caught by something, goes ah, off in the distance, like the Looney Tune shit. 
reminds me of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, which is very kidetic and Looney Tunish, where he goes, Wah! like, goofy, where he's, like, kind of, like, doesn't have his shit together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, kind of like a bumbling superhero, and that's not Spider-Man. Right. And that only, that like, that irritates me, like, a lot. <laughs> like, because I'm like, all right, well, if this is really Spider-Man, his Spider-Sense would have warned him by that. Like, not that Spider-Man is not defeatable, but most times to beat the, beat the Spider-Sense, it's when he gets overwhelmed. Like, you know what I mean? With, with attacks and stuff like that, and trying to respond to the Spider-Sense, and you get, you know, somebody gets a good lick on him. But, like, the whole Looney Tunes, like, doing that, oh! Like, Wile E. Coyote kind of scream agitates me because I'm like that's not minor man but um, I mean these are minor nitpicks but I really enjoyed Andrew and I hope he shows up I don't that's one thing I never understood I don't get what people complain about with Andrew and they're like oh well Toby was a good Peter Parker but he was a bad Spider-Man Toby McGuire was not a good Peter Parker or Spider-Man I think he was no. good for the time. He, he, he was, I think if you're going to cast somebody as Spider-Man, I mean, I think he was more Peter Parker. He played a better Peter Parker in Pleasantville than he did in Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> That's so accurately funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he played yeah. Peter Parker very... I can't think of a PC term to describe it. It's fine. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. It's. It just is what it is. He played him very like inept, like social. Like you said, stupid. bumbling. Like a bumbling. He'd be like, my impression of Tobey Maguire is Peter Parker. What? Huh? Uh, what? <laughs> what? Engine? Huh? Like I'm like he's not that like void. Like you know what I mean? Like he's not like that like uh, vacant. Like, he was very vacant. Like, he was just, like, clueless. And I was like, that's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker had friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he knew how to talk to people. Like, he wasn't, like... They, he, he played him almost as, as if, like, he had some sort of... Um, too many chromosomes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you catch my drift, like, he was very... I special. get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. Like, you yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like, and that agitated me, because that's not Peter Parker. He's one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, but he's not. And I mean, being where I work, where I work, there's lots of, like, young adults that are freaking geniuses. But some of them, not a lot of them, you wouldn't know they were geniuses. You know what I mean? They're just, like, like, everyday people and know how to interact with people. Now, are there some that are a little, like, yeah, okay, beautiful mind. Yes. Um, but a lot of them, like, these kids are highly, like, I, they're not vacant. Like, I get what you're like, saying. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't know. It just agitated me. And then when everybody, put like, puts Toby on such high praise on this, like, pedestal, and I'm like, dude, Nicholas Hammond was a way better Peter Parker than Tim McGuire. And people like to make fun of that show. Even though, you know, they never even mentioned Uncle Ben or, you know, like, his uncle died. Like, he was a way better Peter Parker than Tobey Maguire. 
yes, maybe I'm holding Nicholas Hammond on, you know, for nostalgia reasons, and that being my first Spider live action Spider Man, you know, thinking he was great, but mm. I don't know. <clears throat> but oh no, back to the back to the trailer. I think it's very interesting. I wonder. I wonder what they're gonna do with the whole MG. Like I never liked that. Th- like, why didn't they have to make Zendaya somebody? Like, why can't she just be Mary Jane? Why did she have to be Michelle Jones? Why like, can't she just be Mary Jane Watson? Like, I don't well, care but- about. I know you don't care, and I know I don't care, but I know the fan base would have fucking bitched and moaned and screamed and grabbed their pitchforks, so... I seen somebody dye her hair, like, like a red, like red, mm-hmm. and she looked, I mean, I mean, she's a gorgeous girl. I mean, they really, like, try to make, I mean, she's gorgeous even at, in the movie when they try to, like, plain Jane her, she's still a gorgeous girl. Right. Like, but when she's done up, like, wow, she is not as... Michelle Jones, she's a mm-hmm. gorgeous girl, and they just put like a red tint to her hair on this photo, like photoshopped it, like, and I was like, that right there, that's the Mary Jane. Mary Jane's a smoke show. You right. know what I mean? She's like, you know, if any girl's gonna like marry Peter Parker, get Peter Parker like heart, like you know, blood pumping, it's gonna be that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I would never have minded that. Just made her. Why? 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 I don't get it. Like, I don't understand the motivation. Why they want to be like, oh, we need to be different. It'll confuse audiences. No, it won't. Because everybody, anybody that's super into this is going to know this is totally different. This is not connected to any Spider-Man movie before, you know. Um, and if it's based off the more, the ultimate stuff, which it loosely is, like... It's loosely based, yes. Yeah, like, in the ultimate comics, Mary Jane was kind of a nerd. She was kind of like, you know, like a anime kind of like goth like kind of like punk rock kind of girl and then you had gwen you know like i don't know i think that's also another thing that they i mean that's like oh too soon after emma stone which was great as gwen stacy like i'd love to see her as spider gwen they were talking about that for a hot minute i was like i'd see that movie even though i think the girl that played kick ass kick ass was um that girl uh what's oh chloe grace morenz I honestly, I see her now, like growing up, and I'm like, she would actually be a great Spider Gwen. I could see it, but mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know. I never understood that. Um, I really like. I also bothered me because okay, here's Spider Man in a nutshell for me. Growing up reading Spider Man is always like getting to peek in on your older brother's life, and you kind of learn from him, see what he's up to, and then when I they introduce Miles, which I love Miles from the like. As soon as they introduced them, even though there was, like, controversy, oh, what they got, what's this, and people didn't understand that weren't, nor like, everyday seasoned comic readers didn't understand that it's a legacy character, but I really love that dynamic of Miles and Gonky. And then mm-hmm. when they did this movie, and they made Ned his Asian Which is basically friend, Genki, yeah, which is a best, it's, it's basically Genki, yeah. It's Genki, and they're like, oh, we'll make him Ned Lee, and I'm like, Ned Leeds is a reporter for the Daily Bugle who becomes the freaking Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Like, really? That's the route we took? It's yeah. like when someone says, hey, don't copy my exam word for word. Okay. And then they pull a random ass answer in the essay portion. Like, that has nothing to do with this. You just, ugh. Yeah, that was my biggest yeah. complaint. Uh, yeah. And, real- I just, and that's one of the aspects of 
Miles I really loved the comic. And that's one that's one another thing that differentiated him besides having parents. That was a bad joke. But I liked about Miles is he had a best friend, he had a confidant, and that's what it made him like really different from Peter. You know what I mean? Because Peter Parker didn't have that. You know what I mean? Right. He ha- you yeah. would have thought he had Harry Osborne, but you know we know we all know how that worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just went crazy and became another Green Goblin. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I it kind of made me a little upset. It's like you could have they could have done something different. Like they could have. Like, I just feel like now it's like, oh, well, now Miles can't have a ganky because they're like, oh, what, another Spider-Man has an Asian friend, best friend? Like, it's like, damn, why did they take that from Miles? Because I love Miles. I can't wait to see a Miles live-action movie. Um, yeah, that was actually one of my biggest gripes about the Holland trilogy is that they took a lot of Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales... And gave it to Tom Holland's Peter Parker. And I, I thought, no. I, like, I, I knew off the bat when everybody was like, oh, he has an Asian best friend. And, I'm, and I, I used to read, you know, the Miles Morales' comics. I, didn't, I don't read them now, but I used to. So immediately when I see the, and I'm going to be honest here, kids. When I see the multi-ethnic cast, the multicultural cast, and I say, this was supposed to be a Miles Morales movie. And they just decide to put Peter Parker as the as the star of it, and not Miles Morales, because you have MJ, you have Ned. There's a whole bunch of like, I don't know, like the the school they go to. You know, it's it's just it's the most diverse school I've seen in a long time in an MCU film, because you know the X Men doesn't really count because they're not in the MCU just yet. So yeah. I knew off the bat. Oh shit! They're stealing basically Miles Morales' storyline and giving it to Peter Parker. Okay. Yeah, and, and how he goes to this special science school. Yeah. Like they even took that from Miles, even though it wasn't a special science school, but he, like he won a lottery because of his to grade, get in mm-hmm. to get into this like you know prestigious like high school in New York. And I'm like, why couldn't they make Peter just go to regular old Midtown High? Like, you know what I mean? And, Even uh, Flash Thompson is, is 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 not a white guy in this film, you know. So again, yeah. it's but, it is. Then, but to me, it's like okay, that doesn't really matter. But that kid, that actor, even though I've seen him in other things and he's great, that kid is not intimidating. He's not a bully. No. Flash Thompson is supposed to be a fucking bully and intimidating. You know what I mean? Like, and he's it's just not. They wanted to go a different route with bullying. They wanted to make him a cyber bully because of money. That's yeah, how they wanted yeah. to, yeah. And Flash Thompson is not a rich kid in the comics. Honestly, right. the only reason he was a bully is because he has an abusive father. Like, um, then he becomes a professional boxer. Like, you know what I mean? And him and Peter, when they go to college, they, you know, they eventually become best friends and stuff like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, but that the character, the actor that plays Flash Thompson in, in these movies, as an like I've seen him in other things. He's a great actor, but I feel like it's a miscast. Or they're, they're trying to be too hip and too now, and like, well, bullies aren't just bullies. Like you know, big imposing people now. 
you know, now you have like rich little pricks that like troll people on the internet. So this kid will right. fit. Like that's not Flash Thompson. Like you know what I mean? There's unfortunately there's you know I don't want to say stereotypes, but there's just some things just never change. And a bully is a bully, no matter what time it is. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then they make what's her a bet. Uh, Betty from the Daily Bugle in high school with them, but they make her look exactly like Gwen Stacy, and I'm like, right? Why? Why? And they could have made her easily just made her um, Liz Allen. Basically, that's what I thought they would have gone that route for, but which is, you know, Peter Parker's first crush. Betty Brant was technically kind of his first love, but it didn't really Mm -hmm. work out, and then. He went on a date with Mary Jane. They were into him, but he met before Mary Jane, but met Gwen. And then went on a date with Mary Jane, but like he, they just, he went from Gwen, because I guess both because Gwen's smart, and not that MJ's not smart, but like they just went with Gwen, even though in the comics, Gwen, after like how she was written, eventually just was kind of like a bipolar nut. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. she was not. Original Gwen Stacy is not a very enjoyable female character. Like, Emma Stone made Gwen an enjoyable character. So when you think of Gwen Stacy, you think of Emma Stone. But Gwen Stacy in the comics was, like, kind of like... She just cried a lot. Like, she was just bipolar to me. I like to say she's bipolar. Uh, um, But, and like, I don't know. But yeah. I'm going on this huge Spider-Man rant, and we're trying to talk about a trailer. I thought it looked really cool. Some people are trying. Like, I even I for two seconds was like, "Oh, the guy slams the files down. Is that Matt?" And I was like, "Man, that guy looks a little too out of shape. Just a tad bit out of shape to be Matt Murdock." Um, because he's supposed to show in the movie. But I, you know, I think they did a good job of teasing. I mean, mm-hmm. it leaks that Alpha Merlina was cast in it, so they showed him, which I got me going, like, oh, because I, I think out of the original trilogy, he was probably the best villain. Even though I like Willem the Foe's Green Goblin, I think that suit kind of ruins his performance. I wish they kind of tried to figure something out, but the time which it came out, limitations, right. check, okay, gotcha. But I, I always liked Alpha Merlina as Doc Ock. Like, he was a great villain, Doc Ock. Um, this is a great way to bring them back because they foolishly killed all the villains, which was another superhero trope of that time. Did you notice that? Like, at all those movies in the early 2000s, and, like, it will even, like... Yeah, early MCU was doing it, too, so... Yeah, they, where it was just murder the villain, villain's dead, you know what I mean? And it's like, Why? Why? Like, to me, the only, like, I, I think would say modern superhero movie where the villain dies, where it's like, okay, cool, like, I get it, is Batman Begins where he's like, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. I was like, that's a cool way to do it. That's a nice, like, you know, that's something a little different. Because our superhero, like, 
superheroes are supposed to be, be superheroes. Are, we're supposed to they're supposed to be the shining example of morality and what we all aspire to be, and they shouldn't kill. You know right. what I mean? And in all these movies, looking at it like they're always killing the villain and stuff like that. Like I'm like one why? Because you go, oh, it'd be so cool to bring certain people back. You know what I mean? Like they never kill them in the comics. I mean the right. only one that the only one that I think that really actually thinking about in Spider Man, most of the villains that die usually die by their own hand. Either by accident or if you're craved in the last hunter by your own hand. By blowing right. your brains out. Um like you really think about it, like I mean Spider Man never goes out and kills anybody. Like any villains that die it's because of their own misfortune or mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. It's just I'm glad to see him back. I saw the pumpkin bomb. I'm interested in seeing I, I just think it'd be funny if this that this seeing them appear is just a little five minute part in the movie that you know what I mean? That like all oh, the multiverse it's getting okay, we're out of it now. Like you know what I mean? I I'm interested to see how it plays out. I just wonder if like it's like it's intention doing it what's well, doing its job, which is getting us hyped as hell. And here we think we're gonna get this like well, this is into the going into could be like the Spider Verse movie. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I you know, I feel like it's if we get anything it's gonna be like, you know, not very much. You know I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens overall. Again, I'm a I'm a Spider Man yeah. fan as much as the next guy. If yeah. it's the super if it's the official Sinister Six, I'm good with it. I'm more interested to see how the villains play out. Yeah, I'm gonna pop to see briefly to see all the Spider Men on one screen. Yay! Oh, but, if it happens, it's cool. That's cool. Right, oh. but it's not the main reason I'm watching the film. I'm watching the film to see Spider Man get his ass kicked by his six of his greatest foes, you know, and uh, how he's going to overcome that, and then where it leads with the multiverse. I feel like the big multiverse word now is going to be over everything in the MCU. For the foreseeable future. And I think personally, that's the drawing point, is where all these movies are going to connect. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think Spider-Man's going to be a major transition point of the multiverse, more so than Doctor Strange is. Like, Doctor Strange himself is the multiverse issue. But the only thing about multiversal theory in this movie I really want to see is, how the hell did they get all the six from different dimensions? That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. It. I, I, it, and that's, I wouldn't say it's a concern. It's my, what I'm curious about about the movie is because everyone, I, I guess it's just speculation, really. I mean, the trailer a little bit, like, hints to that we're right about the speculation with, like, these different villains from different universes. But my thing is, What's the what's the what is the story really going to focus on? Because you have this, he, he's outed, he's trying to erase everybody, fix it so no one remembers who he's Spider-Man. You have Matt Murdock appearing. Like, how, how is this story story going to go? You know what I mean? Where like, how are they going to fit all this stuff into one, you know, a, a, a two-hour or, or so movie? Right, and it go and like be good and make sense and transition to, into like a multi-dimensional like because I almost feel like 
going into a Spider-Verse type thing in the movie, and Toby and Garfield, if they do show up, it's like, are we jumping the shark a little bit? Are we getting too ahead of ourselves here? Like, you know, is Sony going like, we need something really big before we lose, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't, until, until Spider-Man is 100% in MCU hands, I worry when it comes to Sony. But I don't know for, I, but I'm interested. I'm really interested. Um, and I think they're. I mean, they do definitely like do trailer trickery on us. Because look at Infinity War when they were in Wakanda, you see the Hulk in the trailer. Right. Hulk was not in that scene <laughs> anywhere in that scene. So I, I, you know what I mean. Like that's why I'm kind of like, oh wait, well maybe Ock is actually talking to McGuire, but they with, you know, editing. They trick us, you know what I mean? No, and I think that's what it is. With every trailer now, it's it's you piece enough together to try to figure out the movie. And I've done that. I've done that obsessively with the Suicide Squad, the Mortal Kombat movie. So the more trailers come out, the more I'm going to be studying and saying, okay, this is exactly how the movie's going to play out, and then seeing how right I am. And with the trickeration, to your point, and before we get out of here, I'll just bring this up really quick. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. That shot was that scene that you mentioned about everybody rushing the battlefield of Wakanda with the actual Hulk. That was legitimately filmed. It was because they cut it for time. The whole uh, Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk in Wakanda Mm -hmm. where they come to the agreement to be Professor Hulk. That was the original plan. Was During the Battle of Wakanda, he was going to turn into Professor Hulk for whatever reason. So that that shot was supposed to actually be in the final film. It never made it because they went with, let's not have him become Smart Hulk. Let's do it off screen and then kind of use it as an endgame talking point. So that was supposed to be there. It just wasn't. Yeah. But still, I mean, I feel like in that, they were showing that scene all the way up till the movie came out. And they knew it was long gone and out of the film. So that's what I mean. I mean, like, they definitely like to, like, use their little trick. When they can trick us, they will. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. I am. It's Spider-Man. I've been excited for every Spider-Man movie. Um, and everybody's speculating that Venom somehow will, like, get tied in. I'm, in- I'm just interested in how. I hope not. Play. Because to me, I I can't get through the whole Venom movie, um and and Venom I like Venom as a character mm-hmm. I think you know what I mean, um yes. I I just there isn't Venom without Spider Man, you know what like I mean? he's the catalyst for Venom yeah. so yeah how, <laughs> you know what I mean like how can you do a Venom series let alone character arc without spider-man who literally gave birth to the venom character so i get it and that's why i'm hoping we don't do it just yet like don't let's leave this be about spider-man the sinister six unless venom is the sixth person let's let this be about spider-man just the sinister six that that's all i and that's the thing too about venom because they leaned into like the uh, lethal protector, like the anti-hero Venom. Which I love, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, how he started out, and this is where another misconception is with Venom. Like, oh, he's a Spider-Man villain. Oh, he's an enemy of Spider-Man. But he's not like a villain or a criminal. He only kills people if they get in his way. Yeah, but even before that, he never did anything to anybody else. He only Mm -hmm. wanted to kill Spider-Man. He didn't really have anything against Peter Parker. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just he wanted to kill Spider-Man. Right. Like, you know, and the suit, which was actually, like, loved Peter and was in love with Peter, like, felt, you know, was kind of like, you know, uh, you know. Jilted lover. Yeah, jilted lover, really. Um, I mean, Venom, like, isn't actually a bad guy. Even before they went the route of anti-hero, lethal protector route, he never did anything to anybody else. He he just wanted to kill Spider-Man. He didn't rob banks. He didn't do have, like, any other motivation but was to kill Spider-Man. Like, right. you know what I mean? So, um, like, I never really... Venom, to me, he might... Well, I guess you would say he he's a Spider-Man villain. And he's an enemy of Spider-Man. But he wasn't like a Doc Ock whose ambition is to take over the world or a Green Goblin, who you know, with, whose original motivation was to be like pretty much like a kingpin of crime wanted to be the the, the, the Lex Luthor yeah like um you know Venom didn't really do anything bad to anybody he just wanted to kill Spider-Man and he but he would use Peter like Peter Parker I'll never forget the comic the McFarland comic it was like three uh, was it 305 or 306 where he goes to his Eddie Brock sweet as hell to Aunt May helping her hang up the laundry and stuff and then Peter there and they like act like friends and then he tells Peter you know he'll threaten Peter you know he was like look if you don't want to have anything he's like I don't want to but I will like if you don't meet me at this time at this time when we end this I'm going to kill the old lady like, he has no problem threatening his family, even though he has nothing really truly against Peter Parker, because that whole, like, photography feud, like, he wasn't a photographer. Like, that's the cartoon. Like, he was uh, uh, a... A journalist. Yeah, he was a journalist. He was basically kind of like the J. Jonah Jameson of a newspaper company, and he put out a story before the truth came out, and when the Sin Eater wasn't who he said what really was... And because Spider-Man caught him and stuff like that, he hated Spider-Man because then he got fired and discredited. um, And he blamed it all on Spider-Man for actually getting... Because he printed a story about saying who the Sin Eater really is, and that wasn't true when Spider-Man got the real Sin Eater. So he hated Spider-Man because he ruined his career and discredited him. And the the symbiote and him found each other. And, you know, they had a mutual thing. Right. Fuck Spider-Man. Like, um, and the whole reason the Venom suit has the Spider-Man powers is because he spent so much time on Peter Parker. So that's how Eddie Brock could have Spider-Man's powers and stuff like that. Like, oh, I knew too much. Anyway. That's fine. (laughs) I think, I think that's the, go ahead real quick. But I just, I don't think it can transition into the MCU. Even though I, I, I don't mind Tom Hardy as Venom, I would much rather have Tom. Like, 
I, I think Tom Hardy could have played somebody different in the Marvel Universe, but I don't mind him as Eddie Brock. I think he's pretty good. Like, okay, but, like, it just Venom doesn't work without Spider-Man. And I know there's people that are fans of that movie and think it's great. And, like, oh, no, you didn't need Spider-Man. But to me, it, the character is synonymous with Spider-Man. Like, there's a reason why he's got the white spider on him in the comics. Like, you know, I just don't know how they can transition that. And then Morbius, I don't even know. Oh, God. I kind of forgot about that movie existing. Yeah, like I I don't I don't know what they're go where they're going with that and straight up forgot again, it exists. But then again, Damien, in 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 production stills and in the trailer, when they have where's Spider Man, Spider Man's a murderer on the paper, they have a picture of Toby's Spider Man. Right. So I I just wonder where they're going. With that. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know. It'd be interesting. I always thought it'd be interesting to either if like they couldn't get Nicholas Hammond to be Uncle Ben in this new Spider-Man thing because he's he still looks great for his age and he still seems very spry. Like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you wouldn't, I wouldn't, if you told me that Marissa Tomei fell in love with an, a guy that's a little bit older than her, it wouldn't be like it wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's gross. But well, she's in her, like, she's in her fifties, so. You know, a guy in his sixties wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always thought it'd be interesting, like if maybe like you just aged Toby up just a little bit and mm-hmm. made him Uncle Ben. You know, what I mean, it'd be interesting if Tom Holland's like, "You look like my Uncle Ben." Like, right. they don't. None of the Spider Men look alike. So, like, that's know. a good point. If you want to use the Toby thing of like, "Oh, you look like Uncle Ben." And it it turns out that Toby actually is Uncle Ben. Like, the actor is yeah. Uncle Ben, but he just happens to be Spider-Man from another universe. I thought I think that would be a really hilarious wrinkle. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll do it, but that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, now, Andrew, I don't know what, what you think. Because none of them look alike. Andrew's Ben Riley. <laughs> He's Ben Riley. He's the clone. <laughs> That would be cool to see a Ben Riley. Like, who knows? Maybe this will open up to, like, if they do go in the route of a Spider-Verse, which would be cool to see. I mean, I'm sure they'd probably do it better than Dan Slott wrote the story. Oh. But, it, but it would be cool to see a lot of the different Spider-Men on screen together. Like, Because, I, I mean, how else can you bring Ben Riley and Kane and them in without having a clone saga? These are guys from different universes. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to see a Scarlet Spider, especially in the blue hoodie. Like, that would be awesome. Um, but I'm still praying for the day. Let me get a live action 2099. 20-99. 20-99. Yeah, give me, give me Miguel O'Hara. I'll be okay with that. Shit, you want to cast Oscar Isaac as the live action role, I'm fine with that too. So, yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, we have time before the movie starts. We have, what, about four more months? So, I'm sure there'll be one more trailer. At the very least. And uh, yeah. we'll come back on the show and bitch and moan about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, it's interesting because they just dropped the trailer now. It comes out in December, right? Yep. You think they would start really pushing it? Like, now Shang-Chi's out, so they don't have to really push Shang-Chi. Uh, they got Eternals. But, I mean, Spider-Man Spider-Man. I mean, that's their flagship character. You think that they would have Sony start pushing it now. 
I mean, I'm sure gradually as we get, like, into November, we'll probably see, like, all the little TV snipped spots and stuff. But I feel like it's... Am I wrong to feel like it's kind of like they're really pushing this late? They're dropping this first trailer late, right? Well, it's a teaser. Yeah, I, I do believe they're dropping it late, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we had to catch up with the multiverse, you know, because of all the the lack of releases in theater. And then we had a delays in, in Disney Plus releases. And I don't know how, you know, She-Hulk fits in all this. I don't know how any of this fits in all in, in this whole thing. But, but then again, it's Spider-Man. You literally can drop one trailer. We're still going to be amped to see the goddamn movie. And all honesty, like, I wasn't, I wouldn't have been mad with Russ's idea. No trailer. Because, you know, mm-hmm. anybody that's going to see it, it's Spider-Man. And then right. see it gonna go see it everybody's gonna right. go see it because of spider-man that would be interesting if they would have done that no trailer because that would be to go totally 100 percent blind where you can't speculate on anything right. it was almost like going to a movie back in the day you know what i mean like i mean sometimes yeah, i remember my parents taking me movies and like what movie is this i never heard of this you know what i mean like you know, yeah, I don't traditionally remember. we didn't get three or four trailers, you know, when we were younger. We got one and we liked it. You know what I mean? So eh. Yeah. Eh. I'm I mean, I'm really not bitching about it. No, no, no. Neither am I I mean, I'll take little snippets of Spider Man anywhere I can get it. So like I mean the excitement's there for me already. Um my tangent was just like because I keep reading it. You keep hearing this debate, like, you know, when you read stuff in comments, you're like, oh, Andrew's going to be, he was, like, so, like, I just had to, like, put my two cents in. And there's some people, you know what I mean? But, like, anytime I can read about things, because, like I said, I don't think I'll, I've never gotten the Spider-Man, and we'll probably never will get, like, a straight up. comic accurate kind of Spider-Man or as close to the comic as possible uh, adaptation of Peter Parker Spider-Man mm-hmm. um, one thing again like I've always said I really feel like especially with today's technology I think the best way to tell a Spider-Man story is through television or Disney Plus like long form tele- like storytelling like um, I, especially because Spider-Man in the Marvel Universe is one of the few characters where his supporting cast is just as important as he is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's almost like Archie, which, I mean, it's not goofy like Archie, but I'm just saying because he's a character that's very much, like, his supporting cast is just as much as part of the book as he is. He just happens to be called Archie. <laughs> um it's kind of like superheroes meet Archie in that kind of sense where like his supporting cast is a big part of his life, especially, I mean, he's a teenager and like in, in college, I mean, still, I mean, the character's still in his twenties, you know, how many years later? Um, where, I mean, what was that? That was the most important thing to you when you're young, you of know, course. your friends and having a, like in your friends and all that stuff. Like, so, I mean, I always felt like Spider-Man, especially, like, they could do it now with technology. You know, do, like, what they did with Loki. Give us a four-episode arc. You know, save money. Like, don't do, like, the 
Netflix with 12 episodes, you know, take that what would go into a budget of a 12 episode season and make it a four episode season. And in the my my thing is my look at it is like okay, this is you they're never going to not make a Spider-Man movie because that's where they're making their money. But you could do a TV series using the same actors. You know, I mean, obviously it'd be high cal- like you know, high caliber cuz I mean it works on TV format, look at Loki and all the the MCU guys, they're all movie stars doing television, like series, like do a four episode series, take that budget that you would have, you know, oh, we would have done 12, like, okay, we'll take all that other budget, put it in the special effects, because I'm sure it costs a lot of money to make Spider-Man do what he's got to do, but do, like, have that more like the street level, B level villains, and build up to the movie and the movie be an A-list villain. You know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. the next season is like an A-list, B-list villain, you know? And and work it like that. And then you develop the characters, stuff like that. I always felt like he, TV is a much better way to really tell the Spider-Man story and get to do Spider-Man right and Peter Parker right. There's just so much to that character that you can't, like, fit into just a two-hour movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, especially because, like I said, like, with the, the supporting cast is a big part of Spider-Man's life. It's just a, it's a big part of the story. And with movies, you can't develop those characters and make you really care about those characters in enough time to give a shit. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Where, like, in the long-form storytelling or, like, you know, four-hour episode, like, you know, season... You get to know Mary Jane, you know what I mean? You get to know these characters, like Harry Osborn, and a Gwen Stacy, and a Flash Thompson, and like, 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 uh, and um, Robbie Robertson, and stuff like that. You get to know these characters and care about them, you know? Where in the movies, it's like, <laughs> Spider-Man, we have two hours, we have to concentrate on Spider-Man, and we'll get to know Aunt May a little bit. But, like, you know, it's straight-up Spider-Man. Oh, he's got his love interest. Okay, yeah, oh, no. Like, you know, but, like, you, you care about those characters because you know just as much about them as you do Spider-Man in the comics. So it's, like, I always felt that that's a way better story format for him. I think Batman right. goes the same way. I think Batman, because his, his, the Bat family and his supporting cast is just, is important to the character of Batman and the storytelling of Batman than just Batman. And you can't really fit all that into a movie. I mean, they did a good job. I feel like they did a much better job with Batman movies in well, late, especially the Nolan movies, as much as people, you know, Russ might think, you know, Nolan's overrated. But I think they did a great job with those movies for what they are. I think they did a better job of developing characters, but like even that, I always felt Batman should be like a long-form storytelling, should be like a series. I think it would work great, and then you could fit in that world's greatest detective stuff, which they always like. They just don't get you enough. He's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, and you never really seem solving anything. Even in the Nolan movies, it's like he'd find something and give it to Alfred, and Alfred would solve it. Like it just well, I think we're really I think we're gonna get that in the Batman. I think that's he's gonna be more of a detective in the that's Batman. That's what I'm hoping for. Like I 
always wanted since I was a little kid. Because that's one of the my dad loved about Batman is like the detectiveness and the noir, like and you even you know I love Batman '89 as Batman. Like I always wanted that detective, like in live action, like I wanted like a noir Batman. You have the action and the fighting, but like I want that noir aspect, that him being the world's greatest detective because that's what the hell he is. You never get it in any of the movies. I don't want to see that. Right. Very badly. Well, I feel like I feel like we've hit a lot of a lot of stuff today in what was supposed to be an hour long show. We're at an hour and forty five minutes, so I think this oh, is a wow. good time to cut here. Yeah, uh, sure. You know what, Russ? We miss you. We did the best we could. We had some topics. We talked passionately. That's what we do here at the Nerdicons Pod. Find us wherever you listen to your podcast. That could be Anchor, Apple Podcast. Spotify and the like. And remember, kids, just because you have an intellectual property does not mean you need to make it again and again and again looking at you, Mortal Kombat. And just because you have new characters to introduce doesn't mean you need to put them in everything looking mm-hmm. at you, Curtis Stryker. If you want to see more of my Curtis Stryker hate, go to my cartoon review show on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Show, where I review the last Mortal Kombat animated show back from 1996 episode two uh, you could also find that on my twitter page twitter.com slash damon g show as well just click on twitter watch and you will find all of my episodes there as well carl take us away hey guys thanks for listening russ we do miss you come back soon i want to hear how you feel about everything we talked about hopefully you'll listen to the episode um you can find us at Nerdicons Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Echoes Dorkden on Instagram. Check out my tour photography. Check out my friend, me and my friend's tour photography on and on Plastic Addicts, and my other friends on a toy photography team. I'm on a TR4 TR4K Alliance. I promise you, we're not a cult. Um, <laughs> check us out there. Um, also, shout out to a coworker, Brandon. Hey, man, I know you're going through the episodes. You hear this. What's up, buddy? Just want to let you know Batman sucks. Have a good day. Make sure, you know, you check off all the boxes on your routine, okay? All right, lift with your legs, buddy. Um, and, yeah, man, uh, I'm sorry to keep you on longer than you probably wanted to, Damien, but I had to talk about Spider-Man passionately. And I hope That's you good. Guys enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys listening enjoyed it. If uh, anybody wants to go, no, you're wrong, Carl. Uh, kick rocks, I'm right. I know more about Spider-Man. Than you. <laughs> Unless you're Stanley or Steve Dicko or John Romita. Kiss my butt. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm very passionate about Spider-Man, and uh, I could talk about Spider-Man for hours. If you want to talk about Spider-Man for hours with me, um, you know, message me, and we could talk about Spider-Man for hours. Um, and without further ado, guys, it's been great. Remember to keep your detox dust-free, your figures posed dynamically, and your comics back and boarded. Until next time, peace. Fuck you, Curtis Stryker.